Okay, hi. Uh, this is uh, part two of episode 181. Sorry. And uh, yeah, so in this episode, we'll be, or in this bonus uh, part, we're going to be talking about the barrage of news that was dropped on April 11th after the d dismissal of Algon Gentry, followed by um, just another a huge barrage of King's news. Uh, I decided to cut this part uh, um, and post it as his own kind of bonus part because had I posted, had I combined all the parts together, it would have been a two plus hour long episode. And I feel that's just too long for a podcast episode. You know, I know, jo I know like Joe Rogan does like four hour, um, four hour episodes, but I, I just, I think it's too long. So this is why it's, uh, it's a separate part. Um, hopefully you enjoy. And uh, if you have not listened to, um, the first part of the episode, which will be episode 181, uh, you please listen to that first, or you can just listen to this one as well. Like there are, it, it was just so much we had to cover, so that's why I decided to cut the uh, cut the two parts in half. I'm gonna decide to call this uh, part one, episode 188.5. So, yep, yeah, uh, please enjoy. Uh, and I guess you know if you if you want. Feel free to leave us a voice message. Feel free to email us about this. And yeah, uh, enjoy the episode. Okay, let's uh, finally move on to the final section. In other news, take us through it, Fong. So, lots of news happened today. Am I right? Yes. So, yes. in King's news, we got rid of Alvin. Alvin Gentry, he will no longer be our head coach for coming forward on until forever, pretty much. And, you know, I didn't notice until you mentioned it to me because I guess he got offered a front office role, huh? Yes, he did. And let's see what, let's see if he accepts it. It was basically where we're at. Like, um, James Ham mentioned this on ESPN 1320. Like there are going to be, there are going to be positions for him as an assistant, or probably not as a head coach right away. He might, there might be, some, you know, down the line. But like, you know, Doc Rivers may be looking for an assistant coach if he somehow stays in Philly past the season. Like, there's going to be positions for him around the league, and you know, he has options. There's no guarantee that he actually accepts his front office role, but it was offered to him. Which I'm, I don't know. In your opinion, do you think he should have any part of you know the coaching staff in terms of like his plays or what he has done as a coach? So, do you mean like he's going to be in the coaching staff or no? In more like I want to, I want to compare it to Vivek, kind of like meddling. <laughs> I don't well, think he has well, that much power. Well, that yeah. So from what I understand, like he. He could like provide like he's been around the league for so long. He has so much knowledge just around the league. Like, mm -hmm. I guess he can be kind of like a behind the scenes guy who helped just kind of like advises like the next the next head coach and just mm -hmm. kind of guides them through like some some of the some of the quirks around this team and like just like just how to run a team in general. Like, um, the so the report is he probably won't be like in, like actively involved in the coaching staff and hopefully it's not like any sort of meddling he doesn't seem like that kind of guy he seems like a guy with great character like we mentioned like 
when the Kings originally tried to hire him, they basically tried to hire him to usurp Michael Malone. He's, and he just said, fuck that. And actually snitched mm-hmm. on the Kings, rightfully so. And he, he's a great character guy. So he's not that kind of backstabbing type of guy anyway. So I'd be actually very comfortable with him in the front office role. And, you know, again, he has all, he has a lot of knowledge about like the game and just how to be just how to just be in the NBA, like just how to how to move around it, the, the quirks of, you know, the league. Yeah, which still kind of, you know, we'll see how it goes, because in terms of front office, I mean, anything could happen. I mean, shoot, we haven't heard from Dumars in a while, to be honest. We've never heard from Dumars. <laughs> no, that that's the thing. Like, the reporters have, like, talked about it. Uh, you know, as long as he's been in Sacramento, we don't even know if he's in Sacramento. He's involved in it somehow, but they've never been able to talk to Joe Dumars. Yeah, which is really weird because as of right now, in terms of media, it's either Monty or Vivek Meadowing. That's pretty much it in terms of what's going around in the front office we might get into this in a in a maybe an off-season episode but like it does not look good like in terms of just like there are a lot there are so many signs pointing to it's some sort of weird fuck up again like again like you know you have a essentially another I don't want to call Joe Dumars devious, but like it's another shadow figure behind the scenes. Now, they there have been reports like say they did work together like during the trade deadline and like they were, you know, cooperating. But like the fact that like Joe Dumars has been in Sacramento or like involved in, in the operation and we just have not heard anything from him, it seems to it's a bit concerning just judging from the history of the vec like just having too many having too many cooks in the kitchen having guys in his ear and just kind of like essentially manipulating him almost and like mm-hmm. it's not a great sign yeah exactly that was pretty much the last time we heard about joe dumar so who knows what will happen with alvin no, no it could work it could work i'm not mm-hmm. ruling that out but it's just judging from the history it's not it's not a good sign at all Oh, yeah. So moving on, uh, speak about, you know, acquiring a new head coach. Uh, Darren Fox says that he doesn't want uh, or doesn't necessarily want input, but wants to be in the loop. And by that, he means that he wants to be in the loop of, you know, talks about getting a new coach and in terms of, you know, the long haul. So like from the way I took it is that like he does like he's not the type of guy to say like i want this coach i want this coach he's more of just you know just get me whatever coach and i'll and i'll you know i'll do my thing type thing or you know probably more like you know i i can work i can work with whatever coach i'm a ball i'm a hooper like i'm out there to play basketball whatever mm-hmm. coach it doesn't matter to me it's just he's just got a, a like all i care about is playing hoop now of course like that that's not a bad sign it's it's not a bad sign it's honestly nothing at all but like you know he wants he he specifically just wants this coach to be around it is basically what i got from that quote like he wants the, this coach to be in for the long haul like he doesn't want to play for a, a, you know one coach or like this would be what his third coach so he started with jaeger Yes. Luke and then Luke and then yeah. Alvin. So that this will be his fourth coach. So he just wants some stability from is what I got from that. Mm. 
I guess it all depends on the coach. And I, I feel like the Nets coach will be a pretty big one, a big acquisition. Uh, I, I actually don't remember uh, if we talked about uh, how our dots on Wuwon. I think we were pretty all right with it at the time. Uh, but, you know, there were other choices that could have, you know, benefited for the long run. But we'll, we'll see. I, I feel like. Monty Williams. <laughs> yeah, don't remind me about that. <laughs> but, you know, with uh, the potentials that are coming up on, you know, in media, it seems pretty promising uh, here. I'll, I'll name out some and now uh, give me your take on which one you feel, uh, you know, kind of fits this uh, project. So there's Kenny Actifson. Oh, I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. Steve Clifford. I think I'd be for it. He is a good coach, mm-hmm. but like it, he's one of those coaches where like if he has a talent around him, like he did well with the the Kemba Al Jefferson uh, Hornets team. But of course, yeah. he couldn't do anything with the Magic team. Granted, not many people did, so it's not, <laughs> yeah. that's not on him. Like I, I don't. I mean, I, I'd be for it. Mark Jackson. Oh, that's tricky. That's so tricky. <laughs> I mean, like, if, if you want someone to probably build a defensive culture, he might be the guy. But from the stories I've heard from that Warriors, and, you know, I'm a big Warriors guy, especially that era, he created a toxic-ass environment. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. There's, a, there's a reason why he hasn't had, a, had another head coaching job. Which could be his chance, but, I mean, I, I feel like there's other great choices out there. And I'll I'll name a couple more, but those are kind of hot takes. In before 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 you go, like I mean, Mark Jackson, like I know you're already kind of a legend. You want to become a true legend, like people keep bringing up the fact Rick Adelman is the only head coach to ever find really any real success with the Kings. You'll be the you'll be the second one like in Sacramento to bring them to any sort of success. Like you do that, you bring them to the playoffs. You're right. You're an absolute legend. You might land in the Hall of Fame. No he joke. Might, he might. As you well just, be, you yeah. just might like get inducted into the Hall of Fame for one season. No joke. Oh yeah. I mean, shoot. <laughs> he probably would be. Uh, let's see. Moving on. There's Mike Brown, and there's you know Bucks assistants Charles Lee and Darwin Ham. Idols. I've heard really a lot of good things about Charles Lee. Mike Brown, uh, I'm kind of iffy about it, but you know, like I said, there's other better choices. But there was a Twitter account that I, I kind of interacted with that said like Mike Brown is the court defensive coordinator, like the architect of the defense um, that for the Warriors. Uh huh. And what I will say is that like, sure, like he very much could be. He could be like the the key guy there. But like I've heard stuff about Ron Adams being like the the genius that really crafted it. But mm. doesn't really matter who's like who's like behind it. But the the point I'm trying to make is that the I think that I think that the Warriors defense is a multi part thing, where you have the per, you have the personnel to do it. Like you have Draymond Green, you have a lot of smart defenders, and then. Also, it takes it takes more than one guy to build a good defense. So, like Mike Brown might not bring you that exact defense. He could probably build it, but he's probably going to need some help. So, don't go around thinking like you hire Mike Brown, you fix this Kings defense. You're not going to have that. You'll probably be better, but like don't don't expect it. To, don't expect to be you know the '90s Pistons from, from you know yeah. 
Yeah, it's not going to happen over the off season for sure. It's it's just going to be a year to year basis. Hopefully, we improve up the ranks. Maybe we'll land in kind of in the middle of the pack in terms of a defense defense out all the teams. Which would be the best defense in the past two decades? So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if we're just middle of the pack. <laughs> so yeah, and pretty much you know moving on,、uh, kind of on the same boat and. Pretty much within the, like within the hours of、uh, Alvin being a,、uh, fu- you know, dismissed oh, as that. Oh boy,、uh, I know where he's going. It's <laughs> <laughs> coach, yep. Lakers fire Vogel. Now, what do you think of Vogel coming to the Kings as the head coach? Look, I've thought about this, and Brendan and Brendan Nunez,、uh, the co-host of the Kings Beat podcast, like he kind of advocated for him a little bit too. Well, he didn't advocate for him, but he said he wouldn't hate it as much as other people do would. I, I, he's in the same boat as Steve Clifford. Like, if you put the talent around him, I think you can real. I think he could build something really nice. Now, of course, he's not the perfect coach, and with with how much of a shit show that the Lakers have been this season, like, sure, you have the rust thing, you have. You know, no defenders for him to work with, but he has made some questionable decisions. You know, a lot of people brought up that fact that he didn't play Austin Reeves. That's you know the Austin Reeves that got a triple double against the Denver Nuggets like last night, and you know he's made some questionable decisions. But like he is like kind of, like you got to give him credit for like how good the Lakers were before they made that rush trade. Like the fact that you managed to get LeBron James to play defense, you got all these other guys to play really damn good defense. That has to account for something. Now the offense is eh, but like the the defense was something marvelous last year,、mm-hmm. and like you you can't forget that. Like if you give him the pieces, he can build something nice. Oh yeah, I I feel like the Lakers did him dirty. I mean, really, they the line hor- they did that was horrible what they did to him. Yeah, I mean, literally the lineup that they gave to Vogel, there's not there's nothing he could do to you know prevent the disaster of the Lakers this season. Uh, there's, uh, well, I'm jumping ahead a little bit in our notes, but、uh, there was a Westbrook、uh, quote that he when he, when he asked about Vogel when Westbrook was asked about Vogel in the exit interview. He said, "I'm not sure what his issue was with me." Yeah, <laughs>、uh, I think there's a lot of more issues. You, you can't, you、change. cannot convince this man to play defense. You can't, you can't convince him to change. Which, oh my god, after this year, I don't know where it goes from. Like, is he gonna? I, I imagine he'll get signed on a minimum contract. But my question is, he's gonna accept that minimum contract? Is he gonna accept like coming off the bench? Is he gonna accept? You know the mid level even. Jeez, he's gonna have to because after this season, what like like we said before, what team would want Westbrook? He's go. He's getting into Allen Iverson territory of just how of just how that career ended. If you don't remember, like he could have played, he just didn't want to come off the bench.、And、he、yeah. ended up playing in Turkey, and like if and like he tried to come back, but like I think Mark he tried to join the Mavericks, but they wanted him to play in the G League or the D League at that point. And he refused, and he never played another game. Like、yeah. I think, like it's heading to that. Like the lack of self awareness, the lack of self accountability, like that's what Frank Vogel had to work with. And like, of course, you you go to Carmelo Anthony, like Malik Malik Monk. Those guys are not defensive guys. Like, no, he had no he had no defensive talent to work with. 
Yeah, and I don't. I think Westbrook has way too much pride to you know do what Iverson has done with going to Turkey or you know any any league outside of the NBA. So my my bad, uh, Latrell Sprewell. My bad. Oh <laughs> wait, what was that? <laughs> Latrell Sprewell. Oh dear God. <laughs> Oh, okay. Let's just. Oh, he he can definitely feed his family. We know that. Yeah. Uh, Actually, before we move on, I saw the news that Lakers were trying to pursue Nick Nurse because I I believe his contract is going to be up with the Raptors. He has two more years. Never mind. I don't know why I read that. Why did I read that the Lakers wanted to get Nick Nurse? Because some asshole in clutch or someone, someone in Lakers brass said hey Woj can you tweet this out so we can get something going you know just start to basically just start a rumor for the sake of starting a rumor you know there was also another rumor where if (laughs) funny enough if Doc Rivers somehow fall in the first round that'd be so funny I'm sorry like yeah yeah, I know where you go with it yeah what if Doc Rivers goes to the Lakers that'd be so funny that'd be perfect it's just a full circle (laughs) but yeah Moving on. Uh, uh, before we move on, I did. I did ask Jason Jones of like, should like what? What's what's a better like? What's what has more possibility of happening? The Kings making the playoffs next year, or the Lakers getting Nick Nurse? He actually said Nick Nurse. So. Really? I mean, oh. like he, he's down. He's down on the Kings. Like he's watched what twelve years of this shit. Like he's he, he he's skeptical of the Kings to say the least. Like, I I have faith that we would at least make it close to the play-in. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah, and like the Nick Nurse thing is is, is zero to me, so it's just I, I don't know. I mean, if it happens, that I mean, that would be big. But what can Nick Nurse do with that kind of lineup? It'll do something. I mean, granted, they are going to trade Westbrook or do something with him. He's not going to be on that <laughs> roster. We'll, we'll see what they get back from him. There, there's actually a trade that kind of makes a little bit of sense, like Malcolm Brogdon and Buddy Heal for him. That's not a, that's not the worst thing in the world, honestly. It's not the worst, but I can't imagine Indiana doing having to deal with Westbrook. I want to stay, you know... Look, unprotect those two picks. Unprotect the two picks that you send out to them. That, that's mm-hmm. all you need to do. I see. Well... We'll see about that. But <laughs> really moving on now. Uh, Sabonis says that he has full trust in Monty and West to, you know, land the right coach, uh, which is nice because coming from, you know, uh, the interview with the Athletic, he seems like he has, he you know, he likes talking to the uh, front office, especially, you know, with Monty. And he puts full trust in him because, you know, coming from Indiana, I mean, he, he just wanted something fresh and start new. Yeah, so James Ham brought this up, and we'll get to Barnes in a little bit too. But like Sabonis was one of those guys. So when he was asked about shit, like, d- does he want like input on who gets to be the next coach? And he says, absolutely yes, I should have input because he's been through some shit. Mm-hmm. Remember last year he had a uh, he had uh, Nate Bjorkin. Nate Bjorken and remember how that ended like that was an awful year um, in terms of just a toxic uh, coaching a toxic culture that was like looming around Indiana and stuff like that so he is probably very cognizant of like just 
he needs he needs a co- he needs like to work to be able to work together with the coach and the coach needs to work with him and he knows that and like he's going to tr- he's going to you know work with the front office on finding the right fit and honestly the king should do this because he's the one's contract that's the most important the ones that the one that will determine the future of the kings you know in the in the near future ah man yeah jeez well moving on to you know you mentioned barnes uh you know barnes didn't think that the front office will ask him uh for any suggestions on the next head coach what do you think of that i thought that was interesting in that he so i i want to i guess i I would need more information because i want to know if it's more of just say you know he like the the front office just doesn't ask him about this kind of stuff which is somewhat worrying or mm-hmm. if is that he's just never played for a bad coach so he doesn't really care he'll try and adopt adopt to whatever like the coach wants so I, I don't know which one i land on that but like i would think he like they would at least ask him i would assume but like with his reaction they have not asked him about the coaching um decisions at all thus far yeah in my opinion he should be pretty much top five people to talk to i say top three top three yeah i'd say so at this point top three Dave on fourth <laughs> but uh otherwise you know uh, yeah that it's very interesting knowing that uh barnes didn't or isn't gonna get uh, give any feedback but uh you know i, I think he will get feedback i i think that will, he will at least be asked but i hope anyway because like it's a weird look if you like Let's just say, like, some of the messages he threw out, like, that's not great if the front office does not talk to you at all. Like, he, like, they talk about how important he is to the organization. Yeah. And, like, the fact that he is not, like, if if they don't consult him at all, like, sure, you shouldn't, he shouldn't be the end-all, be-all by by any chance, but, like, they they should at least loop him in. No, we'll have to see, but definitely have to include Fox. Sabonis next and if it has to do a tiebreaker between whatever coaches we come up with I think Barnes should be that tiebreaker yeah sure all right so our next Kings news is uh so Sabonis clarified that his knee injury was just a severe bone bruise and he could have returned to the Kings but you know or, or you know to the lineup uh to end the season but the kings held him out uh yeah i mean to be honest i'd rather to have him keep out <laughs> because you know we, we didn't have fox we weren't you know playing to win that much anymore we were trying to tank at that point even though the team seemed like we were trying to play to win uh pretty much uh I guess you think uh, if we did bring Sabonis in, we see maybe a little sprinkle or taste of how a great offense can be without Fox on the floor. I so like I had talked about this in the in the last few like uh, post game reviews. I actually would have liked to see De'Aaron back more than Sabonis, just because I wanted to see that starting lineup of Davion and Fox Forbes, just see what yeah. you have there. Like Sabonis, you kind of know what you're gonna get, and I think he can work with just about anyone, mm-hmm. like any kind of like uh, backcourt um, pairing. 
And like, yeah, there was no real reason for him to come back. Like, especially if that knee was like, it, you know, you had a, you had a scare. We had a scare. Like we really did, you know, just, we thought, I thought it was an ACL when I first saw it. Like just how like Mount yeah, yeah. Mikel bumped into him. Like, uh, you're cutting a little close with these games that let's be honest, don't really matter because at that, mm-hmm. even, even when he went down, like I was like, yeah, you might just want to lose this game just cause like, you know, you're not, you're probably not making the play in anyways. I regret that they kind of had a chance had they won some, some, a few more games, but like, it was kind of false hope. Like, let's, let's be honest. And, you know, it, there was no reason for him, I thought, to come back. I just wanted Fox to come back just to see what that, di- what that starting lineup looked like. Yeah. And, you know, I guess you haven't heard any news about how Fox's hand is, which I, I believe I think is. He's fu- I think he's fine. <laughs> I think yeah. that I'm not worried about it at all. It's, it's pretty much you know the same same bow as uh, his previous injury before this. I believe it is the right hand too, so like that even less to worry about, honestly. So just because like one of the funniest, like I don't want to say it's like the best injury to have, it's, but it's like the offhand. Like that's probably the like it's not a it's not a leg injury. Like that's the best part because you can at least like work out, you can stay in condition, and like it's the offhand, you, you know. It's better than your. It's better than your shooting hand. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. He could work with just his shooting hand. Yeah. So moving on, I think you're gonna have to explain this one because I actually do not know any of these guys. So um on so this was just announced by uh, Sean Cunningham, Ken Cantnella. Um, he is the team's uh the front office's cap guy he is apparently not going to come back his uh, um contract was not renewed now mm-hmm. he's been kind of the cap sheet guy b- behind the scenes like you, you look at a lot of the interesting contracts that the kings have gotten over the years like a lot of the declining scale contracts a lot of these like you know um you know really interesting bonuses like the buddy heel contract is the best example where it's declining and it has a bunch of bonuses like he is the architect of a lot of that so he's a very smart uh cap guy i'm actually surprised they didn't bring him back because from what i'm like reading he's a really smart cap guy like a a guy that understands how to kind of like manipulate kind of play with you know just um the salary cap and yeah, and he it just looks like Monty is going to be able to pick his like really start to structure out his own team. Hmm. That'll be interesting because we do have some wait, some sort of cap uh in this offseason. I believe around 15 million. No, it's around the 120s. If I remember right, it was like really two. We there's an increase in the cap, and we are gonna have a little bit of cap space to play with not a lot oh. but we do so like this is the big thing that james ham keeps bringing up we have about 40 million dollars worth of expirings uh, uh, that that does include that does include uh, uh harrison barnes in that though like uh, take him out you still have 22 that's something i see yeah i totally <laughs> forgot to add in the players jeez including buddy healed my gosh well he's not on this team anymore yeah, not anymore. <laughs> but that's a huge, uh, you know, cap dump, I guess you could say. In a way, because you did get Jeremy Lamb back in that, and he's an expiring. I think he's like ten million, if I remember right. Like, yeah, all, around all by that. himself. So mm-hmm. you, they have some cap space to work with, and they have expirings to, to play with. And like the the next the next summer, like we're gonna have 
quite an open as long as we don't take on another contract you we might have open season in terms of like free agent signing i mean well cap space uh, like free agents don't really come here so yeah, yeah. but you never know maybe this will be the year that where people uh, are more intrigued with uh, the sabonis fox pairing look like as i said you got you got kind of the chris Reb, chris weber of the deal you got to find blotting the bots right now mm-hmm. the, the the connector well we'll have to see so oh, uh, so before you move on uh apparently uh, I, I don't know too many details about these guys but uh media relations alex segua and head trainer joe resendez they will not return as either and i'm assuming that uh monty will fill those spots soon mm. okay <laughs> yeah i i can't expand on that too much just because like i don't know who these guys are so yeah but I mean. it, it, it is worth mentioning it is worth mentioning <laughs> oh yeah so moving on uh yeah the divincenzo situation so his camp is not really happy that he's not starting and you know he's coming off the bench uh but you know i mean they really think that he's uh, they're holding him back just because of uh you know just uh was it his salary just come so the, this uh, this was something i learned from just listening to james ham so there is a criteria in his contract that basically says if he starts a certain amount of games um like i believe it's like per season or like total amount of games through four seasons or something and basically he was kind of close to fulfilling that criteria and that would have gotten him so you have to understand how uh restricted um free agency works so how restricted free agency works is that you know the team that you're on can extend a qualifying offer to you which basically means we're gonna you're if you take this qualifying offer you're going to be under contract with us for one more year and after that year you can become an unrestricted free agent however the other option is that you can go into restricted free agency and basically go out and find someone who's willing to pay you something mm-hmm. and the the team that you're currently on has the has the opportunity to match yeah. now the 1.3 million the for the starter criteria that that um had divincenzo started enough games would have been a, basically a, i think um james ham said an additional 1.3 million basically meaning that the kings if they extend the qualifying offer to him would be 1.3 million more so pretty much around maybe what five mil a year then no so what what i'm it's going to be just for one year oh. and but like chances are he's not going to take the qualifying offer anyways and he was we were he he was going to get like essentially a restricted free agency deal and then the kings match it like say 40 million over four years like yeah would be, and like just a random amount i'm thinking of so like it honestly doesn't really matter where it where it got kind of murky is that hit uh divincenzo's camp believes that they are holding divincenzo out or, or not letting him start because they basically don't want other teams to see that he is quote unquote a starter and offer him more money that's like what james ham believes is what's upsetting the divincenzo camp which you know in a way is pretty scummy but in order to i guess save cap for ourselves 
it's what we gotta do, right? Yeah, so there are like there there are reasons why the kings would do this other than just to save a little bit of money. It does it can play a little bit into the cap. It's not a huge deal, but it could play into something. But yes, I, I get what you mean by scubby. But like, so if if they are doing it for that specific reason, that is a little scubby. But these things usually aren't as simple. I personally think. Like just judging from what they did to Tyrese last year, where you know Buddy Heald started for much of the year, and a lot of people, a lot of fans, were confused and had gripes about it, was one of the reasons why Luke Walton didn't didn't start Tyrese is because they want to bring Tyrese off the bench to have another playmaker to come off the bench, and I thought that was what the case was. They wanted another ball handler who can kind of create coming off the bench because. You had Davion starting. You don't have Fox anymore. You don't have Sabonis. You're only two real creators on the team that can remotely pass are of DiVincenzo and Davion. And I thought that was the reason why that the starting arrangement was there. Now, I get that Justin Holiday was not playing well, but here's the other thing. DiVincenzo played more minutes than Justin Holiday in just about every game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, <laughs> really matters the most because... I mean, he really, we really needed him to finish the game. Like you said in previous podcasts, he needed to finish the game over Justin Holiday. So yeah, I, ultimately, like even him, it like says this. He doesn't think this is gonna really be anything. But it's another kind of one of those things where it's another like little thing that the Kings are kind of fucking up. Like you, you finally you trade for this guy three times. Like the, the third time, you finally get him, and now you're fucking up the relationship. It seems, and like it's just one of those things of like, why is that your approach? And it's just why are you doing this type thing? Like this could have been avoided. You could have started him, but like, you know, if you weren't gonna start him, like let him know why. Like say you, you know, we need a playmaker off the bench. That's just how it is, but like there just seems to be some like some sort of kind of weirdness of how the Kings handle these kinds of situations, and it, yeah, it 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 can come off as like a bit scummy if it is the case that they are holding him out for that one point three million. Like they did this to Marvin actually, um, where the reason why Marvin wasn't starting was what it's kind of the same reason. Like if had he started a certain amount of games. He would have gotten a, I think, like a qualifying offer that was basically because he didn't start enough games. His qualifying offer went from 14 million to about seven million. It was a crazy like um, downgrade, and like that, I honestly thought that was a bit scummy. But like, let's be honest, Marvin didn't exactly like weren't starting, so yeah. But like, it, like Kings have had had a history of doing that. So like, I get it. It, it doesn't look good on the Kings' part. And like they maybe should like stop doing this kind of stuff if it if it is for saving money. But if it, if that's not the reason, if the reason is like you just need a playmaker off the bench, like maybe just make that more clear to his agent and say like you're gonna get paid in the offseason. Like don't worry about that. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see because I feel like they should know coming. I mean, as of right now, right? But. It doesn't seem that way, so... I, I well, mean. it is unclear, like, what he'll get from teams. Like, you know, best-case scenario, like, Kings, like, probably keep him for around, like, maybe 8 million per year, like, 32 for four years. Yeah. 
like something like that. But you know, DiVincenzo is going to want more. But like, we're not sure like what's out there for him. Like a lot, yeah. not a lot of teams have cap space, but a lot of teams have MLEs, which is around like eight to ten million, which right is right around the budget anyway. So yeah. So ultimately, like King uh, Ham think James Ham thinks that this relationship can be fixed. It's not like broken or anything, but it's a kind of a sour note to start on. Yeah, but you know, coming, uh, we'll get his you know post uh, post game interviews. I mean, he seems like a positive guy. You know, he's very positive about this team. We uh, he talks about how this team is full of dogs that just wants to win and you know going to the off season and hopefully uh starting for next season that you know we'll have a very good winning mindset and just play you know just ball out but you know it's just this uh i guess this little roadblock that we have to deal with in the off season if he does come back look at most most player press conferences i don't really take much from just because they're they're, they're there to say like the right things they're not gonna mm. say like these motherfuckers won't pay me <laughs> basically <laughs> he's not gonna he's not gonna go to the podium and say that yeah and, that's true you know it, it is what it is like i think he'll get paid and everything should be good but like it is a kind of a sour note and the kings have lately have not had a great reputation for how they handle players like how they dealt with the cow guy stuff like was not pretty like cow uh, guy didn't even know he got released like was, uh, yeah. well it was literally like it, they basically just released him and didn't even bother to call him about it and that's why like there was kind of that weirdness where we didn't know if he was coming back and he just showed up on the Warriors uh, was it California Classic roster yeah that was weird is he still in the league he is, is in he the G League I, no. I, so he was um, but they I don't think they gave him a contract unfortunately uh, that's too bad yeah so yeah, my, my point is, like, the Kings seem to have suffered a bit of a PR hit. Like, and these things do matter, like, for, like, you know, players who, like, they hear about these stories, and it's not, it, it does spread to players, and it's not pretty. Like, it could deter another, like, free agent from coming um, to, to the Kings at any mm-hmm. point. And, you know, Metsu, even even Metsu in his, uh, in his, like, one of his, I think it was, like, the post-game conference, like, either the game before this or maybe even last game but like he was very just he seemed he seemed like he was not ready to move on but like he is like if he does if he doesn't get like an offer from the kings it's whatever like he's what he is like not i don't want to say happy but he is he's willing to move on from the kings and uh-huh. there seems to be some indications that he's not exactly all enamored with the king's organization as well and like some of the language definitely kind of not parrots um tyrese's feelings on the king's organization but it definitely did feel i feel like felt inklings of that feeling from um what metu said uh well it would be too bad to see metu go from the kings but I wouldn't mind if uh, we let him go. To be honest, yeah. I mean, like, I, I like him. Uh, yeah. he's, he's really, he's a really, he seems like a great guy. But like, some of the shots he takes, like, if he comes back, like, I want him to exclusively like do layups and dunks, and the, the occasional three, like the mid range kind of like drip, like the dribble isos, the fancy stuff. Like, you gotta cut that shit out. That's not his thing. Not in the NBA level. Yeah, which. 
I, I believe he'll cut out coming off of next season. Hopefully. So, quickly moving on. Uh, Wayne Cooper just just passed away. Let's see. I actually saw the article get posted an hour ago. So, let me check real quick what he passed away with. Yeah, so he, I think he was 65 was the age. And yeah, I just, I just got on my timeline like about an hour, about an hour ago from Sean Cunningham. And yeah, un- unfortunate. Um, you really always hate to see like good people like go pass away like this. And like from all accounts, he was a great guy and, you know, he was part of the Kings organization. So yeah, the, the world lost a really great person um, today and yeah, it's, it's really sad, and we like to give our condolences. Mm, oh, yeah. Well, let's just move on, because I, I don't want to... Yeah, you need, you, need some, you need some S-level transitions to transition out of that. But so, yeah. let, let, let's move on to something, I guess, more cheery. Uh, something... Yeah. Let, let, let's talk about something else. Yeah. So, let's talk about the playoffs. So, let's start with the predictions. Uh, coming on forward in the let's just go with the first round, of course. You mean the play-in? Uh, you want talking uh, play-in? Uh, sorry. Let's not talk about the first round just yet, just because I, I want to say that for the next episode. But um, oh, okay, we'll, we'll talk about the play-in for now. Um, so the play-in currently, uh, let's start with the West. It would so the the nine ten will be New Orleans versus San Antonio. What do you got? I'm gonna go with Pelicans. Pelicans. Yeah, probably. Like they have CJ. Um, they they they've been playing really well lately. Like the turnaround that they had. Like they were, I believe, one like three for seventeen at one point, mm-hmm. and they managed to beat the Kings and the Lakers to the play-in. Yeah, really tight. <laughs> Just a really tight squeeze, pretty much. But like the fact that they managed to come all the way back, and like they destroyed us towards the end of the season. They destroyed the Lakers. And it was like the turnaround that they had, and you know, credit to Willie Green. He he managed to like keep the keep the team together while they were like down in the dumps with the injuries and the Zion weirdness. And then like CJ McCollum gave him another kind of gave him another boost, and now they're the play. And so congratulations to them. Oh yeah. In San Antonio, they showed they show you that whenever you have pop, don't you dare talk about tanking. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't even remember the last time they ever tried tanking. I mean, you know, the famous one, of course, Tim Duncan. So yeah, well, that was a quite that, a while. That that, that worked out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, the next two, uh, seven, eight on in the West, Minnesota versus the Clippers. <sighs> I'm not gonna lie. As much as I like the Clippers, I might have to go with Minnesota on this one. Ah, okay, I, I, okay, I, I like, I like this because I'm gonna pick the Clippers. I think, I think they can beat. Paul George has been really good, and like they don't really have a guy for Carl Anthony Towns. But like at the same time, I, granted, I haven't watched them as much lately. I'll never get. I don't think I can ever not see Carl Anthony Towns as a guy that shrinks. Until he yeah. proves me wrong. Until he proves me wrong. I think he's. He's either gonna have a really good game, or he's gonna just like have less than ten shots and maybe even score in the single digits. And I'm picking the latter to happen. Mm, we'll see. Because in my opinion, 
as well, as much as I know Paul George is such is a great player in the Clippers, I think they need Kawhi to help them push to a guarantee win. I think it'll be a pretty they, close game. Yes, it, it will be dicey without Kawhi. I think I think Minnesota can definitely handle the Clippers. But like, do you? I mean, do you really want to bet on the Wolves? <laughs> like, they've been. I mean, granted, they've been great this year. Like, you know, uh, congratulations to them because they're exactly where I thought the Kings would be. And mm-hmm. you know, credit to them for doing it. But like, they're still the Wolves, as Zach Carper likes to say. Very true. Well, I'm gonna take the gamble here. <laughs> take the gamble. I'll take the gamble the other way. I think they're gonna beat them without Kawhi. I think those are the favorites. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, whatever you like to believe. Well, not favorites to the finals, in my opinion. Fine. Come on. <laughs> They're the fucking playing. <laughs> we ain't talking about no finals. They're yeah. Playing. <laughs> Anyways, uh, go, going to the East. Uh, 9 10, Atlanta Hawks versus Charlotte Hornets. Who do you got? Uh, by the way, Charlotte is without Gordon Hayden. Ah. Uh, hmm. Well, yeah, I was gonna go with Atlanta anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, they're both Glass Canyon, so like by all means, it, it could be the, the Hornets. <laughs> like last year, I, I remember this very clearly. Like nine ten was like Charlotte and Indiana, and Indiana whacked fucking stopped the Hornets somehow. Like it could happen. Like the Hawks don't really play defense; they're incredible on offense. But like, if they have a cold shooting night. Now Charlotte Hornets can take can like take advantage. Granted, it could very much happen the other way as well. So, I mean, since you picked the since you picked the Hawks, I'll pick the Hornets. Okay. And Lamelo, we trust. It's yeah, it's a very 50-50 <laughs> shot. I I'd say if Gordon Hayward were back, uh, I don't think it made too big of a difference. I think it's it the- does actually. Like he he's their stabilizer mm, in a way. You think you lean towards the Hornets if he was healthy? No, <laughs> honestly, no. <laughs> but like, I, he would make a huge difference. But like, they might. I mean, if Charlotte can get hot, like you, you never know. Mm, yeah, who knows? I mean, Terry Rozier is a very bad man, as Eric Collins has shown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, like, I, I like, I really like Miles Bridges. <sighs> well. We'll see uh, who. Hmm. I'm gonna predict the 40 point uh, Trey Young night. I'm gonna predict. You know what? I'm gonna be there with you, but I think they're gonna lose. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna have 40 points. Hell, he could have. You know what? I'll predict. He'll have 50 points, and they'll still lose. Jeez, <laughs> that's that's rough. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a rough one. Like, man, to go from the conference finals, not even make the damn play in, or not be losing the play in. That's a that's a fall from grace. Yeah. Hell, it might push them to, to give us John Collins. Like, you never know. No, who knows? I, I feel like I shouldn't even ask you this one. Seven eight Brooklyn Nets versus Cleveland Cavaliers. Of course, I'm gonna choose Cleveland. Uh, do they have LeBron? Oh, it's not that year. Okay. To be to be fair, Brooklyn Brooklyn doesn't have Ben Simmons, who was once hailed as the next LeBron. So maybe maybe they're even. Uh. Uh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, of, of course I'm gonna choose Brooklyn. Who we're kidding? 
yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going the other way. Like, I mean, I I think I think Cleveland will put up a fight. And like, let's not let's not like discount this. Brooklyn does not play defense. They really don't. Like, I've watched them enough, and I'm just, I I was just mesmerized by how many teams they play close. Granted, they do have two of the best offensive players in the world. But like, if they go even remotely cold, granted, like Kevin Durant does not go cold. <laughs> like he he will he will score tw- he will score thirty on you no matter what. It's more about everybody else. Like yeah. if they if they go cold, like it could be dangerous. Hmm. Well, now, if they do lose that game, I mean they're gonna have to face Atlanta or Charlotte anyway. And between you which, know- that's actually a real crapshoot too. Because again, you talk about glass canyons, like. Brooklyn Nets, the Brooklyn is probably is the best glass canyon out of all of them. But like, again, like one of these teams can get hot and can't knock Brooklyn out of the out of the play-in. That's a real thing. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to see. It's either you know Brooklyn winning and uh, going to face. Let's see. Miami or you know they lose and somehow win against Atlanta or Charlotte and facing Boston which I'd rather kind of see either or I want to see a Brooklyn Miami game that'd be pretty fun yeah someone brought up they might actually want Miami over Boston because Miami has guys you can that KD's gonna look at as like hey bring him over here get let me get that switch yeah like you look at Tyler Hero that's barbecue chicken like you took a Duncan Robinson that's barbecue chicken Max Struess, Max Struess, barbecue chicken. Like, they have guys. Like, Boston doesn't have guys like that. Nope. But team. They don't have Robert Williams anymore. So, like, their defense is going to take a hit. But, like, I would rather play Miami, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of rooting Miami to go far. But, I don't, to be honest, I don't know how far they could go in the point. In, uh, yeah, this playoff. Lots of things have to go their way, and I don't see it. Yeah. I mean, they're dogs. Don't get me wrong. They, they, they ball out. It just all depends on how, yeah, like you said, how well it goes for each uh, game. Yeah. Um, oh, the one more thing about the uh, about the Clippers. Um, it, by the way, if Kawhi does come back in the playoffs somehow, and if by some miracle the Clippers win the championship, wouldn't this be the funniest season of all time? Gosh. This is a player that didn't play a single game that basically load managed the entire season, just comes back in the playoffs and just wins the championship like it's nothing. That would be I really, mean, that would be pretty funny. Credit to Chris Vernon for bringing that up. That will just further solidify Kawhi in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, and you know the the god the, the the Godfather of load management. Oh yeah. They will. They will build a statue outside. Was it Crypto Arena? Staples. So it, it will be. It will be the forum soon. Um, yeah. Oh, they, yeah. That's right. The new stadium. Where is that even located? Inglewood. Oh. It, it's it's the one in in Winning Time. That's the same one. I believe so. It is the forum. Like the the funny story is that James Dolan, I believe, owns the uh, used to own the uh, forum. And like Steve, uh, who's the owner? Uh, Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer like was trying to build another arena like across the street or something. And uh, James Dolan was basically gonna just like 
basically fr like freeze him out and just like basically hit him with a bunch of lawsuits to make it so like he'll never build an arena there and it's just a huge pain in the ass uh. and steve Ballmer just went up to him and just said how much and james was like wait what are you talking about how much no i want to buy the forum because he's just that rich <laughs> oh man jeez so, rich people problems yeah so i thought that was i thought that was really funny but yes that would be the most hilarious thing and yes you sh they should absolutely build a statue of of Kawhi in street clothes outside just sitting just looking like he's sitting on a bench in just like casual clothes like outside the forum gosh man three ring yeah three rings and three different teams pretty much yeah but probably three different finals mvps oh man yeah most definitely i think yeah i think yeah he would tie lebron i think with that record like miami cleveland and the lakers yeah <laughs> that's crazy to imagine yeah but we'll see because we haven't heard too many news about it yeah it's like to be fair like you're not going to hear anything about it because like they're like Kawhi's camp is really really tight-lipped you do not hear shit from them mm. and also the clippers you don't hear shit from them uh to be honest he, he probably could be healthy what kind of injury was it uh partially torn acl uh it has been a year and the that the key thing was I I never really thought he'd be out for the season just because it's partially torn. Spencer Dinwiddie came back and I think around just under like six or nine months. So I always thought he was gonna come back, but like maybe there's something I don't know about the injury, and maybe maybe he's just careful about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he knows that the Clippers are gonna somewhat make uh their way into the playoffs maybe that's why he held it back <laughs> but that yeah that'd be pretty crazy if he just all of a sudden comes back and just balls out like to, to, to be fair like even if he comes back like there's no guarantee he's 100 that's, that's a real true. that's a real thing it, it it's gonna be an adjustment period and again that'd be wild if they he can just come in and just pretend like nothing just walk right in like that'd be pretty incredible if yeah. you think about it it's just that it's too bad there's no news about it we would get a better understanding of what you know where they stand at yeah all right well that's pretty much our playoff i keep on saying playoff play it predictions uh, a couple just last minute news before we end the episode uh i saw a post where uh, someone took a picture of luca walking into a hospital with a boot on and that kind of you know made my heart sunk because it see it sounds pretty bad at this point am i a bad person for not letting that sink my heart at all? like part of it is my is the fact that he didn't get drafted by the kings but part of it he's not all that likable he's kind of a kind of an annoying figure but like yes that that is very unfortunate yeah, you know it, the playoffs will be a lot less interesting without him. Like, not to say that they would have like made it, but like they could have been a dark horse to make the finals. Like, Luca, Luca will be guaranteed to be the best player in every series, or like mm -hmm. to basically right, like every series. Yeah, 
And like when you have the best player in the series, you have a good chance of winning that series. You have a puncher's chance of winning that series. And, you know, they could have, they honestly could have gone to the championship, I think. And, you know, maybe he is, he is healthy. Like, I mean, we never know, but hopefully it, it isn't anything severe. But like, yeah, walking with a with a boot, and I believe it was listed as, as a calf strain. And if you guys don't remember, when Kevin Durant got injured with his Achilles thing, originally it was named as a calf strain, and then he blew out his Achilles in the finals. Like, calf strain usually is just code word for precursor to Achilles rupture. Yeah, that's that's tough, right? Because it takes a while for those things to heal. And I doubt he'd be back in time to, for you know, any chance of uh, Dallas winning against Utah. I mean, to, to be fair, it, it is Utah. It is Utah. It but is Utah. They are but, they are mentally fragile. They really are. But you think uh, Luka West Dallas Mavericks can be against pretty much a fully healthy Utah? I I'm there. Yes, I am there. Oh, you think so? Hmm. Like they're just gonna say, "Hey, bring bring Gobert out to me," and he's not gonna be in the paint, and the Jazz are not gonna do fuck all about that. They can't do anything. <laughs> oh, I could see that. That's if they run that. And the which... scare the scary thing is they can go small, and Gobert can't punish them. Most likely, like yeah, they can go small, and like Dorian Finney-Smith will be in the corner, and Gobert will be in the paint. And if Spencer Dinwiddie, let's be honest, doesn't score over him, which Reggie Jackson just was not afraid of him. Like, it was so jarring to me in last uh, last year's game six. Like, they're, but guys, he's one of the most disrespected defensive player of the years of all time. And, like, it's, it's just jarring to me, like, how a lot, there's a, once you pass a certain level as a player, you are not afraid of Rudy Gobert. You just aren't. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of sad. It's it's one of those things. Of, I I don't have a game like like right off the top of my head, but like there's just some things that you just aren't afraid of once you hit a certain level in a game, and like Rudy Gobert is kind of that litmus test. And yeah, I think I think they can very much lose to the Luka list uh, maps. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Well, we'll have to see because you got to watch the play-in first before heading to the playoffs. And I believe the playoffs start on Saturday, so we'll have a bit of a break before that. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll come up with stuff uh, before then. But speak about, you know, the final thing about our uh, news uh, that relates to playoffs and the 76ers. Matisse Feibel says that he only got the first vaccine, and that was I would I want to say wait what a whole year ago, and has not gone the second vaccine, and has been I guess I guess you could technically say he's unvaccinated and will not be able to play in the Toronto series only in Canada. What are your thoughts? I mean, you know, like as as I've said about like the Kyrie stuff before the uh, mandate got lifted in New York. Like, sure, you know, fight for your beliefs. It's it's fine. But do know this, like, when you are, when it is affecting your work, which, you know, he's paid, he's paid to play basketball, you are being a very selfish teammate. And unfortunately, this is, this is what Matisse is doing. And granted, I, 
I know he's a great defender. There is a chance that 76ers might be better off without him because <laughs> like he is really bad on offense. I did not realize how bad he was, but like he's not a spacer. And like he's he does not do jack shit for you on offense at all. And like maybe maybe Jolo will just have more space to work with. Maybe Harden will have more space to work with. But it is a very it, if it is a tight series, like you are we are going to look back at Matisse's choice to not get the vaccine as probably one of the things that could have swung the series. Yeah, and I don't know the situation with his you know vaccines because he got his first one however x amount of months or years ago so maybe he has to redo the whole vaccine again and even so it's not gonna happen in time for the toronto series and you know it'd be pretty funny to see uh like i said sixers falling to toronto and doc rivers weaving to the lakers that would be glorious because sixers fans are pretty just a bit insufferable and uh, the only regret that I have is that they didn't face the Nets. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted that so bad. But, like, I mean, like, it's one of those things, like, you traded for Harden. You had your little victory lap. Daryl Morey looked like he had won the trade. But I guess, like, yeah, karma strikes back. I, I don't know what they would be being punished for, but like sitting through that Ben Simmons saga was painful. It really was. And maybe this is just, you know, that karma coming back to bite them in the ass. But like, man, just how glorious would it be if just they fall in the first round after all that shit? Which pretty good chance. <laughs> A really good chance. Yeah, I mean, like, there's no, I mean, like, play. Harden in the playoffs, not very good. Not a very good track record. And like he is slowing down. And like if they lose the series, they still give him the extension. Huh? To be honest, what other choice can they do? They might they might actually. I <laughs> I would almost just say don't just don't give him the extension. You're gonna regret <laughs> it. You're going to regret it. They probably they probably will. They probably have to, but Yeah. Come Daryl, like you're you've been known to be very pragmatic with like just you know asset value and just not letting your emotions get in the way of making the best deal. Giving Harden that two hundred something million dollar extension is not a good logical choice. It is yeah. an emotional one. <laughs> and you are going to regret it. You are not going to have this job for long <laughs> after that. And you are going to sink this. You're going to sink this franchise. And Lord knows, Joel B might be gone. Oh, man. The process has come its full circle pretty much at that point. Um, you know what? I'm on that train. Fuck the process. <laughs> because, like, sure, they got Joel Embiid. They got Ben Simmons. What the fuck has it amounted to? <laughs> a second round A second round exit? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Like, the, the thing is, you can get your draft picks. And, like, let, we'll see how this OKC things work, works out. But, like, sure, you got your draft picks. You fuck, you still fucked up in the draft. You you drafted Jahil Okafor. You didn't keep... You uh, you traded away Landry Shamit for Tobias Harris. 
And you did resign Jimmy Butler. You traded away stuff for Jimmy Butler and you didn't get anything back. Or, yeah, you didn't get anything back. Like the front office was still shit. Well, granted, Sam Hickey got fired, but, but like before the process could completely like complete its run. But like, my thing is that you do build a certain level, certain kind of culture. And that culture never left the Sixers. It was never like, tr- they never truly dug themselves out of that hole, but they tried to pretend that they did because they got two superstars out of it. Like whatever you think of uh, Ben Simmons, but it's failed. Well, actually, let's see. Let's just say, can, can uh... they're going to win the championship because I did said that, aren't they? Okay. <laughs> I don't see, to... I still don't see it, but no. Let's not go that far, <laughs> but uh, can uh, can they trade Harden if they get the extension? Uh, so you know the you know how no one wants Westbrook. Oh. That that's Harden. That's Harden. That's what Harden's heading towards. And if you think about it, like Harden and Westbrook kind of play the same. Harden's better at it because he can shoot a little better. But that's where Harden is heading. He's not that far off from there. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he's coming up in age. I mean, I still think Harden is still a step ahead of what Westbrook has been producing this. Uh, I mean, in general. But do 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 consider this, like West, like whatever you want to say about Westbrook. Westbrook does take care of his body and has good habits for the most mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. Harden does not. Harden is a part. Harden is a party animal. Does not really take care of his body. You know, he comes in, he comes in out of shape a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And uh there is there is a cliff waiting, unfortunately, and it will come. And again, you look at that Westbrook contract, they give Harden that extension. That 47 million turns into 50 something million. Ah, I see. Oh, but, but honestly, Daryl Moore, I mean, Daryl, if you I mean, go for it, like. Let's see. Let's see some Sixers fans cry again. Well, it better work out. <laughs> you know, hopefully they get further than the second round. Then at this point, because yeah, it's gonna go downhill from here. And maybe Ben Simmons wasn't the issue. Oh <laughs> no, he, he was. He was the he was the main issue last year. I mean, let, let, let's not let's not let him get away with that. But <laughs> my point is like. Sure, the process got you two really good players and one tra- one transcendent superstar. You, you never you never got the other parts right, and that's what drowned you. Oh, of course, unless you win the championship, then, I, then I'll forever shut up about the process. The, the process was a success. <laughs> what bad? <laughs> what cost? A lot of cost. You know what? I I had said like everything LeBron LeBron did in, in L.A. It was worth it. They won the championship. That's very true. It's just that the Sixers took pretty much a lot longer than what uh, LeBron has done in the wake, or you know what the Lakers has done with uh, LeBron acquisitions and all whatnot. Yeah. So you know, like I mean, if they win the championship, they sacrificed everything, but it was worth it. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. This this recording is gonna be pretty long. <laughs> Yeah, um, unfortunately, a lot of news, and uh, yeah, just kept, you got me. You got me on a tangent, so good job. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm about to. I'm out. I'm already burned out. So, <laughs> as you can tell by my voice, and you could probably tell by you know, yeah, how my voice is from the beginning towards the end. Okay. Well, we're gonna let uh, Fong get some rest, and honestly, I need to get some rest, and probably edit this tomorrow if anything. Hopefully, no more news drops, or and, and that's the case, we're gonna have to record another part. Um, well. It, so yeah thank i mean if you guys have listened to this point thank you like you guys are dedicated fans and you know we strive to provide you good commentary on the nba and most importantly the sacramento kings yep well tomorrow will be the start of the play-in and i'm pretty sure there'll be more news so i guess we'll get back to you guys until then maybe Maybe after uh, whoever, you know, wins the plan. I don't know what I'm saying right now. Jeez. Well, I'll end it with this in a words of a great man. Yep. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll oh. end it on that. I was hoping for you to laugh or something, but okay well I, I won't even get a fake laugh out of you. So yeah, we're, yeah, we're done. We're, we're, that, that's not, that don't, that don't count. Yeah, we're, 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 yeah, we're done here. Yeah, he, he's, Fong is like dying. So I'm just, I'm gonna end this episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be coming back to you at some point, um, probably after the play and finishes. And we'll, we'll come with you guys. We'll come back to you guys with, you know, a bit of a recap. We'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm.